ever be. All right, we're rolling. And now it's time for a breakdown. Never gonna, never get, gonna it, get it. Never, never gonna, gonna get it. Never gonna get it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who's gonna sing it first? <laughs> Well, welcome back, everybody, and welcome us back. We're a little rusty after our week and a half hiatus, spring break extravaganza. Um, so welcome to episode 16 of the Zero G Adventures podcast. As always, I am Tim. I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. And you are you. So today we are going to take a virtual trip to Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Um, but before we do that, let's start at the top like we always do. Don't forget to check out our website for some new articles as well as our trip reports and tweets from around the Food and Wine Festival at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Um, you can find that on our Twitter at Zero G Adventures. We also have our Facebook page, Zero G Adventures, and Instagram, Zero underscore G underscore Adventures. And the website, of course, is, well, surprisingly enough, Zero G Adventures dot com. All right, so we start out every week with our drink. So I think we took a little bit from Bush Gardens this week. What are we drinking? We are drinking the Uzo Lemonade. So um, Bush Gardens Williamsburg does a food and wine festival every year. It is one of my favorite times to go because they add even more international flavor to the park. Um, this year, they it was kind of a scaled down version, and we'll talk more about that later. But one of the new drinks they had um, at the Mediterranean stand was an uzu lemonade. And I'm thinking, I don't know about that. Like, I, it was very curious. So we got one and it was great. Again, if you like licorice, it's great. If you don't, you may not like this. But anywho, what it is. Black licorice. What it is. It's a, a, a black licorice. <laughs> it's an anise kind of flavor. Yeah. Yes, anise. So... You need to fill a rocks glass with half glass of ice. You add a half ounce of ouzo. No more. Do not add more than that. Half an ounce makes it taste like it did at the park. There are some recipes online that have you add a lot more than that. No, just half an ounce is good. You fill to the top with lemonade. You stir and serve. It's so easy. If you want to watch the full video of us making it, it's available on our website. So what do you all think? I'll go last. <laughs> I am not a huge fan. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of black licorice or anisette or, you know, pincels that are flavored that way. Because it reminds me of the joys of green NyQuil. It's that kind of flavor. But what I will say is in these proportions, it sort of works with the lemonade. The lemonade cuts it a little bit and the black licorice is tempered by the tartness of the lemonade. It's definitely a sipper. It's not something you can guzzle. It's not something I would order more than one of. I'd give it a shot. It's something different. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I really like it, but I enjoyed it more at the park because it was paired with spinacopita and Greek food, Tim. Greek food. 
Okay. It was it was paired. He's not making these words. That was up. a word I've never heard before. It's ever. not like a story from could, Saint. That's Olaf. my country ass. Just like I what? did pretty good. I thought I pronounced it pretty well. Um, but it was impressive. It was it paired with it very well, and we had I think they had lamb sliders that was amazing as well. Um, it it goes well with it on a hot day. This is a very alternate um, lemonade. It's something that makes it different. We've been kind of like, that's our theme the <laughs> last month. Oh, another lemonade. Um, <laughs> but it's amazing what you can combine with lemonade. And this version is definitely different. All right. So it's my turn. Tim didn't like it. No. <laughs> no. I'm not a fan of the black licorice. No. Even though there was only a half ounce in there, I did not enjoy it however i will say that i am the master maker of the tennessee lemonade now mm -hmm. the amount of tennessee lemonades i've made in the past two weeks have been insane i think of our of the three versions of the lemonade pairings that we've done the tennessee lemonade is the best one i prefer the galactic one just because i like vodka over jack daniels but of course but I make them for one, my wife. Your wife loves the Jack Daniels. Yes. Mm -hmm. So That's I have made favorite. many of those. But, but I, I will say, I watched him take the first sip of this drink, and the look on his face was like <laughs> we insulted his ancestors. <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't very good, in my opinion. Again, but, if you don't like licorice or anise, you're not going to like it. And it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Uzo has a very strong flavor to it. It's normally a shot. Yeah, kick, kick it back. <laughs> if you're going to try kick it back, do a half a shot. A full shot is too much. And like Brian said, some of the recipes called for two ounces. And like, Whoa, no. Way too much. Like, it's perfect. The half ounce is perfect. Standard rocks mm -hmm. glass, it's perfect. So if you are interested, the video of us making it is going to be on our website as well as on our YouTube channel, um, as well as the recipe if you didn't catch it the first time around. So go ahead and check that out and give us a like, give us feedback. So let us know what you actually think of the drink because it is very polarizing, I figure. You're either yes. going to love it or you're going to hate it. It's not going to be an eh. Um, so moving on. Are we just going to skip that part? I would. Okay. So normally we do do a park news update. Um, however, with our spring break adventure, we are going to take a break this week, but we're going to be back next week with the mega news update. Believe me, I tried to figure out something for today, and so much has happened in the last two weeks in the amusement park industry. I mean, literally with all these parks opening in California and, you know, crazy things happening in other places. I will say, though, it's like like my Facebook feed and all that. It's so nice to see kind of some normalization mm -hmm. where the parks are starting to wake up and trains are being thrown on tracks and, yeah. and they're being test run and they have water dummies. And it's just so nice to kind of see the parks coming back to life. Yes. And the rave reviews of the new lightning rod coaster at Dollywood, people were raving about how smooth it is and mm -hmm. the difference and uh but it has had a three to four hour wait most days just warning you mm -hmm. if you're heading to dollywood i would love to go to dollywood but not right now it's on the list at some point mm -hmm. we, we shall get there eventually velocicoaster 
We yes. can talk about that. Velocicoaster has an opening date of June. Yes, June. that was the big news. Yes. Velocicoaster can't skip. And the thing the that. thing I laughed about, you know, so they started construction in that area about the same time that Disney closed Universe of Energy. And it's so amazing to see that Velocicoaster is going to open in June and we don't even know when Guardians of the Galaxy is going to open. No, we'll say, we'll say Tron's been under construction for like three years. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. There's literally no excuse for Tron at this point. But the Guardians ride is being held up because I don't think they've filmed the footage for it yet. They keep trying to tack that on to one of the, I think, Thor Love and Thunder. It's filming in Australia. And they're going to try to time that for when they can get the actors down there to film. I think what's holding it up is the film section of the rides are either in production or haven't been filmed yet. Mm. Not to defend Disney, because there's a lot of things they hold up for inexplicable reasons. Like Ratatouille waiting yeah. until October when it was supposed it's done. It's, it's ready. ready. Yeah. Like, and it's been ready. <clears throat> but I think at least Guardians, there's sort of a plausible reason as to why they don't have the footage for the screens. <laughs> well, even though, I mean, even Velocicoaster are like, why are they waiting? Is it just a seasonal thing when they know that there's going to be more yeah. people in the park? Right now, the park's packed with spring break. Whoa, that, yeah. Like, the problem, and with the capacity, I think they know that's going to be a draw. And they think in another two months, either restrictions are going to be more reduced. Relaxed. Like, yeah. Dollywood Loading reduced. Every role. Dollywood, oh, Dollywood changed their mask rules. Uh-huh. Yes. They're the only park that has changed their mask rules. I'm, um, I'm, okay. um, um, I like to see that. <laughs> uh, I'm of two minds about it. I think a more nuanced policy is always good, but a more nuanced policy is harder to enforce. However, they've been enforcing it very strictly. All the reports say that it's great when you're on the midways, you can enjoy it. I was, I read in a report, a midway was getting crammed. Staff came out and like, force people apart on the midway or said put a mask like it it was one of those things as long as they handle it well i'm for it i'm for phase reductions and a return to normalcy if it's enforced and handled well and like i get it in the queue lines because some of those queue lines at dollywood are tight if you yeah like so i get it it's a step in the right direction i think it's a good test we're moving forward yes that's that's the thing that's what onward and upward whatever they say but next week we will be back with a mega news update to cover everything else that we might not have talked about. But um, so for now, let's head on down to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and go to Bush Gardens. Yep. So Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. Not going to lie, it is my favorite park. It is hands down. <gasps> I'm shocker. Shocked. Shocked, <laughs> shocked. I tell you. Again, if you've been there, you know. And if you haven't been there, you don't know yet. It, yuck, it's, yuck. <laughs> it's it's one of those parks. It is it is just done so right. Mm-hmm. I always like to say it's kind of like if Epcot had throw rides, appropriate throw rides in the park. Well, it was supposed to, and they never did. Right. But anyway, little history. It opened. The park's name has changed a couple times in its almost fifty year history. Um, it opened as Bush Gardens, the Old Country, in nineteen seventy five. With six themed areas, they call them hamlets. 
Back in the day, it was a little more detailed. You had Banbury Cross, England, Heather Downs, Scotland, Hastings, England, Aquitaine, France, New France, which is like Canada, but no one ever says that. It's the white elephant in the room. And Rhinefield, hey, hey, yep, and Rhinefield, Germany. In 1976, they opened the Oktoberfest area with eight new rides and attractions, including a couple like small German steel roller coasters, which were pretty cool, as well as the 2,000-seat Fest House restaurant and theater. 1978, they opened the legendary Loch Ness Monster in Scotland, which was the first like major coaster. And at the time, it broke records. It was the world's tallest, fastest. Like it was a big deal. Um, it kind of cracked me up because I think it took away the records from Gemini. <laughs> I think like it was one of those where they or Gemini stole it from them. I forget, but it was they were the same year. Yeah. yeah. Um, in 1980, they added San Marco, Italy. Um, of course, in um, 1984, they opened the Big Bad Wolf, um, which was the first modern suspended coaster. 1987, they expanded again with Festa Italia, which was the most generic section of the park, um, with the travels of Marco Polo. In 92, they opened Drakenfire. Yay! Which is... <laughs> It was not popular with guests. It closed just six years later, which is so sad. I enjoyed it, but you had to know how to ride it. If you didn't know how to ride it, it did bang you up quite a bit. Well, same thing with Steel Phantom. Yeah. yeah. You had to know how to ride it. Yeah. Oh, it, it was much worse than the Steel Phantom. Head back, earrings out. Yeah. Like, um, in 1995, the park opened um, Escape from Pompeii, which is a very heavily themed water ride. Basically, the people from Backdraft helped create this ride the same effects and it's one of the few water rides you can actually sweat on mm -hmm. think about that mm -hmm. jaws oh this is much hotter than jaws oh yeah like <laughs> the building's on fire <laughs> uh <laughs> literally um in 97 they opened alpengeist in 99 they opened apollo's chariot in 2001 they decided well, I have two England areas. We're going to turn one into Ireland. Um, in 2005, they opened the Curse of Dark Castle, which was an awesome Disney-type ride that should still be there, but it is not. But that's another story. Um, Aquitaine France got Griffin in 2007. In 2009, they added Sesame Street Forest to Fun. That was a big year, though, for Bush. It was a turning point. Because that same year, they announced the Big Bad Wolf was going to be retired. Oh. Bush Entertainment was sold to Blackstone Group, a oh. private equity company. The name of the company also changed from Bush Entertainment to SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment. And believe me, if they would have had a crystal bar and ball and knew what was going to happen to the SeaWorld brand, they probably would have kept it as Bush Entertainment. Dark times ahead. Um, in 2012, though, they did open a major roller coaster, Verbolton. Um, you could never replace Big Bad Wolf, but if you were to replace it with something, this is a great ride to replace it. In 2015, they added another roller coaster, Tempesto. Um, and then the family wooden coaster called Invader opened in 2017, which is amazing um, for the size. It's a family wooden coaster, but it's impressive. Um, sadly, the park made the decision to remove the car Curse of the Dark Castle ride at the end of 2017 for maintenance reasons. Basically, 
Um, budgets were cut pretty dramatically and the maintenance cost was just too much. And it was, hey, close this or you're going to have to close other things. So that's what they did. Finnegan's Flyer was added to Ireland in 2019. And finally this year, the newest steel roller coaster, Pantheon, will open in Festa Italia. So that's the history in a nutshell. Longer versions available in the article on the website. All right. So for, you know, brief overview, Busch Gardens Williamsburg is located in Virginia and it's open year round with select opening dates in the winter months. The 134 acre park is themed as a trip to Europe with 10 themed hamlets or villages. There are currently 43 rides and attractions, which include nine roller coasters and 12 children's rides. There are also six animal exhibits, eight live shows, 22 regular food locations, and two bars and lounges. Um, so with this, we're going to take you on a virtual trip around the park and share our thoughts and tips, um, as well as Brian's recent trip review, since he did just go for the Food and Wine Festival. Um, most of what we talk about is going to be pre-COVID, um, with the exception of his narration of it. Um, so everything that we talk about, it might not be currently available or available in the very near future, but hopefully soon it'll all be back. So I'm going to let Brian and Chris handle all this because Tim's never been there. I can't wait to take Tim there later this year. I really can't wait because of all the parks that I've never been to. I, I it is, it is such a great point. It's, you know, even, even with my trip with COVID and the restrictions and everything and the extreme short staff, you know, staff shortage that they have going on and only a couple things being open. It was still a great trip. So, all right. So Bush Gardens, you start out in Banbury Cross, which they kind of got rid of the big, like fancy village names. I mean, they're still there, but on the maps and stuff, it's just England, like simple down. Um, big thing in England, it's the entrance area. So you find all the usual stuff, pictures, big emporium shop, you know, lockers, lockers. Um, they do have um, one attraction there and it's, it's complicated because it's really not in England. It's really kind of in on the way you have to like go through other countries to get to it. But one of the sky ride stations is there. Um, the way Bush gardens does their sky ride. It's a triangle and it's one direction. So the sky ride in England takes you to France. Entertainment-wise, they have the Globe Theater, a huge indoor air-conditioned theater that usually features special concerts or Sesame Street shows or music reviews. Changes a lot. I mean, they've done 40 films in there. They've done ice skating shows in there back when the park opened. During their um, Christmas Town. Um, they do Scrooge. Yes, which is award-winning. It's a mm -hmm. uh, multimedia presentation of A Christmas Carol. Yeah, they're, they're do, and at Halloween time, they do other things as well, but they do Monster Stomp mm -hmm. and so much. Food-wise, it's England. So they have Squire's Grill. You can get fish and chips, burgers, including the donut burger. And let me tell you, I don't know why I haven't tried this yet. Probably because we eat in the other countries and skip England. But yes. we might have to go back for the donut burger. If it's on the meal pass, we're going to do it. Yep. They also have chicken tenders, salads, wraps, fries, mozzarella sticks, and... Every single, every single food place in Bush Gardens, for the most part, has the same assorted desserts. <laughs> like, 
there's a couple that are unique to each place, but you almost see the pudding cups, the yeah, fruit it's, cups. It's pudding cup, fruit cup, <laughs> carrot cake, chocolate cake, cookie. Mm-hmm. Um, Green juice, lava juice. <laughs> <laughs> London Dairy Soft Serve Ice Cream. Big Ben's Funnel Cakes, which they have funnel cakes and fried dough sundaes. I'm curious about that. Again, never got a fried dough sundae. I'm very curious to see what that's like. Um, Madam Sweets Confectionaries, where they have handed fruit, fudge, candy, and donuts. That's a good place to stop for breakfast. So then we move on to Scotland. Scotland is known for one thing, pretty much, and that's the Loch Ness Monster. And kilts. And kilts, but... At Porsche Gardens, they're known for the Loch Ness Monster, the world's only double interlocking loop roller coaster. Um, it does feature an awesome first drop down to the Rhine River. Pretty much, if you're going to be a successful roller coaster at Bush Gardens, you have to dive down to the Rhine River. Um, tunnel, two lift hills, awesome ride. And if memory serves, it was actually one of Vincent Price's favorite roller mm -hmm. coasters, too. And it's one of the few left-standing arrows. Yes. Mm -hmm. So if you're an Arrow fan, it's a necessary pilgrimage. Yep. They also have the first Bush Gardens Railway Station at Tweedside. Um, Bush Gardens Railroad is really awesome. It is a steam-powered train that goes around the park. It stops in Festa Italia and New France. It's 20 minutes for the round trip. On busy days, they'll actually run three trains on this thing. Um, it moves a lot of people. Um Lots of fun. They have a cute little children's ride called the Little Cycles, and literally, they're little mini Clydesdales. It's like the kids' motorcycle, motorcycle, you know, circular ride, but instead of on motorcycles, they're on little Clydesdales. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's really cute. Um, they, that's another thing about Bush Gardens. They don't really have like a dedicated kitty land. They space their, they put their family kitty rides with other rides, so that the family could stay together the whole time. Which I think is very smart. Yeah, and they do have other two very dedicated, oh, yeah, but they do sprinkle them around. Mm -hmm. So animal encounters, yeah, that's another thing. Bush Gardens Williamsburg has a lot to do. It's not just about the rides. It's not just about the shows. There literally is something for everyone. If you like animals, you will love it. Um, they have Scottish Highland cattle, beef that needs a haircut. Yes, they have one of our favorite stops is to see Cupid the barn owl. Near the entrance to Scotland. He, he looks like he despises your existence, but he's always there. Mm -hmm. He's always there. He's always happy. They keep him warm in the cooler months. They have the heater, and he's a happy little guy. Although I asked him, to, I took a picture of him, and he turned away from me. I was like, mean. Um, but, of course, the main animal that Bush Gardens is known for at Highland Stables, they have the Clydesdale horses, black-faced sheep, and border collies. Um, you can get your picture taken with the Clydesdale. It's pretty cool. You said border collies. My wife is there. Make sure you mention that the next time you come over. Okay. So we cross the river into Ireland. Um, I'm an Irish fan. I love Irish food, Irish beer. So this is always one of my favorite places in the park. Um, attraction wise, they have two. They have Finnegan's Flyer, which is basically a screaming swing ride, but in terms of screaming swings, theirs is quieter than most. I don't know how they accomplish this. It is not nearly as loud as most of these rides, but the location is right out over the start of the Rhine River. So you literally, when you go backwards and look down, 
it's an additional 30 feet down from where the ride would be. It, it is an amazing location for the ride. And the ride also seems to be like one swing longer than other screaming swings I've been on. Um, they also have a really Disney-like ride called Battle for Ire. It is a motion simulator ride with, instead of a screen, you actually wear virtual reality helmets. Um, and as Chris will tell you, the virtual reality goes all the way around. Yeah, I'm one of those that when I ride a ride like that, I ride it the way you should the first time. Then the second time I ride it, I start poking around. I'll take the glasses off, see what the screen looks like without the glasses on. I'll look all the way around. And unlike a lot of shows where it's only like the 180 degrees in front of you, you can literally turn around and the entire theater is rendered in the environment, which oh, is that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's a cool ride. It's one of the rides that's closed right now, obviously, with COVID, virtual reality helmets on everyone. You know, it's they still have it on the screen, though. So if you don't want to wear the virtual reality, you know, helmet, you could still not wear it and watch the screen and still enjoy the ride. Um, but basically, you team up with the last fairy guardian, Addy, to set out to rescue the sacred heart of Ire. It's fun. It's definitely better than the last incarnation of motion simulator that was there. But nothing will ever be the old corkscrew hill. And if you've been there, you know. Um, in terms of entertainment, there are two, I'm sorry, three theaters in Ireland. There's the Abbey Stone Theater, which is a huge indoor air-conditioned theater featuring the award-winning Celtic Fire Irish Dancing and Music Show, which we'll talk about it later. But again, this show wins awards. It is literally it's river dance and a musical all in one at an amusement park like it's it almost feels like it doesn't belong there it, that it would do it, well on its own it's almost too good to be where it's at when i i they, and and keep in mind i've never been there but when i see celtic fire i think of the pure mood cd mm -hmm. commercial mm -hmm. and i think of enya <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but ironically, the show is very lively. There's not a, really a mm -mm. slow moment. I'm not hating. I'm oh, no. just saying. I read Celtic oh, yeah. Fire with the Y, and I'm like, ooh. Or Noco Flow. Yeah. There, there, there's very strong connotations to that sort of thing. But, you know, and I'm not a show person, but I actually enjoy this one. It's, it is one of those shows. It's enjoyable. It's very immersive. You're basically invited to a wedding and you're part of the, like it is, it is a lot of fun. And it, it just celebrated its 10th anniversary at the park. Um, you know, the last Irish, this is the third Irish show in the theater. The first two shows lasted five years and then changed to something else. This obviously is popular if it's in its 11th season. They also have the Shenanigans Theater, which is an outdoor theater featuring the More Pet Shenanigans show. If you like dogs, birds, and cats, um, this show is for you. They do train. It's very like old school SeaWorld kind of feel to it where they have them like deliver the mail. Seymour and Clyde. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very similar to that. Um, see it early in the day because it is an outdoor theater and it does get warm in Williamsburg. So I, if you want to watch the show, it is in an outdoor shaded, it's a shaded theater, but it's shaded by the trees. So it will get warm later. Tell my wife about that next time you see her. I will. That's right up her alley. Um, if you're not in the dogs, birds or cats, 
They also have Wolf Haven, which is an outdoor theater featuring the live animal demonstration called How to Coexist, H-O-W-L. Get it? How? It features wolves, vultures, rats, red foxes, and other birds. Um, Very good. I mean, Bush Gardens is all about um, conservation and protecting animals and the wildlife. They don't shove it down your throat, but it is definitely there. And this is one of those shows that really you should see at least once. Um, They have three animal encounters in this area. They have Eagle Ridge, which has American bald eagles. They have Wolf Valley, which is wolf gray wolves. And they have a hawk. Their latest hawk, her name's Diane. She's at the entrance to the How to Coexist show. She looks kind of feisty, but... Should have named her Karen. No. Oh. Um, in terms of food, it shouldn't surprise you that they have a place called O'Taters, which has Irish stew, corned beef sandwiches, loaded baked potatoes, which, oh, there's like four or five different kinds. They do a corned beef and cabbage loaded baked potato. That is amazing. And they do loaded tater tots mm-hmm. as well. Yep. They, but they also, for people like Tim, they have salads, chicken tenders, cheese sticks, fries, and assorted desserts. Woo, chicken tenders. <laughs> you could just enjoy the potato as well. <laughs> Don't put anything on it. Um, but they also have Grogan's Pub. I mean, what kind of Irish village doesn't have a pub? It is an indoor air-conditioned bar featuring 22 different draft beers, craft beer flights, whiskey flights, and wine. Homemade chips, Irish nachos, pretzels, and hummus. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah, we would have to do... And that and that's, that's the on the list. <laughs> and, and again, that is something I will say about Bush Gardens. It literally has something for everyone. If you do not like rides, you can still enjoy this park. If you don't like shows, you can still enjoy... There's literally something for everyone. Which takes us to France. So France has one attraction, Griffin which is the 210-foot-tall floorless dive coaster with a 90-degree, 205-foot drop, reaching speeds of 75 miles per hour, featuring two inversions. Great drop. I've been on three of B&M drop rides. This one is my favorite. Um, I don't know why. It just, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy this one more than the others. What was the third? Well, there's Sheikra Griffin okay, and Val Raven. And the first one I ever rode was Sheikra. I don't know. I don't know if it's Griffin's trains, just with the ten people per row. It feels like an Omnimax theater on a track. Come on, the next. It's like if the universe of energy was a thrill ride. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, next three hundred and fifty people. Everybody up. And that's the thing. I mean, I've been there. Even when the ride opened, I was there on a park day. A day when the park actually hit capacity, and the line looked huge, but it was only forty-five minutes. And, I mean, the park, they're always very good with capacity. I mean, they move people. They have timers in the stations and screens that count down, and it shows this. I mean, they really care about capacity. I know a lot of people get angry because all of their coasters, they don't. there's no loose article bins. You are not allowed to bring anything in line with you. Um, but I like this. They do it because of capacity. They want the lines to keep moving. Which is... Which is- funny because griffin griffin is so wide and it seemed but honestly alpine guys carries more people 
because it has eight rows. Mm -hmm. And if it's 32, even though there's only two people and they're still running three trains mm -hmm. or, I mean, even if you look at Raptor or something like that, you know, it's the same. It's just, there's something about when those gates open and it's just like a flood of people. Yeah. It's like, like it's, it's not a group of two. <laughs> it's, now, the one thing I will say, the park does this, and I, I think all parks should do this that have the ride restriction rules. You know, you can buy a one-time locker rental that follows you. It's $8 for the day. And literally every coaster you go to, you just scan your pass. It gives you a locker, $8 for the day. I think it's a great deal. I wish more parks would do that, um, that have this rule. But anywho... There also is the Skyride station in France. This one takes you to Germany. Entertainment-wise, they have the Royal Palace Theater, which is the largest theater at Busch Gardens. It is a huge outdoor complex. It does not have any kind of roof, any kind of shade, anything like that. They mostly use this for special concert events in the summer, as well as seasonal shows, especially at Christmastown. It is an ice skating show. Um, that's twas the night before Christmas. It literally goes through that whole. It's a very Disney type and show. They bring in like Olympic level skaters yeah. for this. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things at Christmas Town. Real quick, the Sky Ride. Mm -hmm. So you said the one in England takes you to France. Yep. This one takes you to Germany. Yep. So if I were to get on in England, can I ride all the way around? No, you have to get off. You have at to each get station. off. At each so is it three separate stations. things? Like no, but is it three like separate? It's one little round loop that just continues like a triangle. But you have to get yes. off. You can correct. Huh. You can't joyride, but it's still a convenient way if you want to get from here to there. Mm -hmm. And their their sky rides get long lines. Like it's not uncommon for the sky ride to have a 45 minute wait on busy days hmm. um in terms of food in france they have this fritz which is the fresh cut fry place and let me tell you these are amazing fresh cut french fries you could get just regular fresh cut fries with cheese ketchup vinegar whatever you want but they also have irish loaded fries italian fries poutine fries and my personal favorite the smokehouse loaded fries. It's very, very good. It's one of my personal favorite picks. Yeah. And these are split. They're definitely one person. It's too much food for one person. Um, I mean, we split it when we go, and that's saying something. Um, but the smokehouse fries, it's a whole thing of fresh cut fries. On top of that, it is pulled pork, cheddar cheese, and coleslaw. It's amazing. Eugene wanted some. He heard. Yeah, <laughs> he right. pulled pork. Oh. Um, they also have crepes and coffee, which are they have some really good crepes and Starbucks coffee. They have Josephine's Creamery de Chocolat, which is ice cream sundaes, milkshakes, smoothies, and more. It's Girardelli, so um, it's pretty fancy, but really good, really good ice cream. Does it smell like the Girardelli at Disney Springs? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, because they probably pump that scent in, just like the one at Disney Springs. And then there's oh, I know that's pumping. And then there's the Aquitaine refreshments, which are turkey legs, pretzels, churros, and drinks. Moving on to New France, aka 
What were you going to say? Question. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we just spent a month in Disney and going to all the parks in Disney. And I've developed a little bit of an alcohol problem because, well, every food stand that we said, beer and wine. Mm -hmm. So can you only get beer in the pubs? No. Bush Gardens actually has beer everywhere. Every single one of these places pretty much has an option for beer. I mean, we'll put it this way. The big food places haven't. Okay. But so if you it, are looking for yeah. beer, wine, something. And they have carts throughout the park. Yes. Now, do they offer like specialty cocktails and stuff like that as well? Not. It's special events like the food and wine, yes. But like regular park-wise, not really. It's just mm-hmm. your beer and your wine. But if you're looking that. for wines and whatnot, I believe, in France... Mm-hmm. They have a there's wine, wine tasting and wine tasting. There's also they do wine tastings throughout the park. There's bourbon taste. Like there's they do it differently, but they separate it from their food stands. Again, they're all about capacity. Yeah. So like even when and we'll get to it shortly, but at the fest house, their regular food lines don't have beer. They have three other stands that have just beer. So they try to do they're it. They're trying to move people. Yeah. They're yeah. all about moving people. Word. Okay. So New France, a.k.a. Canada. Canada. Eh? They have three rides in Canada. They have Invader, which is a wooden track roller coaster featuring a 74-foot drop, nine airtime hills, speeds of 50 miles per hour, and a tunnel. Um, They have Le Scoot, which is a log flume ride with a 50-foot drop through an old sawmill. You may get wet on this. The thing I love about Bush Gardens is they take care of their old rides. Lay Scoot is one of the original rides at the park. They completely rebuilt it a couple years ago. It was like a three-year phase thing to restore and preserve their log flume. When parks are getting rid of these like hotcakes, you know, yes. Bush Gardens cares about it. And it actually is one of the better log flumes. Um, it's really cool. Right before the there's two drops, but right before the big drop, it looks like you're gonna go right through a saw. And then you drop. It's pretty cool. Um, they also have Lake Catapult, which is a scrambler ride. And there's the large station for the Bush Gardens Railway here. The Caribou Station um, is located here. And it's the hub. It pretty much is where they park the other trains and where the maintenance is and the stuff for the steam and everything. It's also a very well-themed area. One of the things I like about it, especially if you're going to go through uh, for Christmas Town. They actually have an outdoor fireplace in that area as mm-hmm. well. Yep, you don't need that in the summer though, because it's hot enough in mm-hmm. Williamsburg. Um, food. Let me tell you, the main attraction in New France is the food. Um, they have Trapper Smokehouse, which it's a smokehouse, and they have an outdoor kitchen that really shows us off. I mean, Disney basically when they put their smokehouse in Epcot, they modeled it after the one at Bush Gardens. They have an outdoor kitchen that, you know, that shows you smoking the meat and the grill and all that stuff. But they serve ribs, brisket, chicken, turkey wraps, salad, baked beans, cornbread, corn, fried pickles, green beans, mac and cheese, coleslaw, mozzarella sticks, and the usual assorted desserts. But here they actually have apple cobbler, the fresh apple cobbler that's to die for. The only thing with Trappers that I don't like is it doesn't have indoor seating. It's outdoor seating under umbrellas and shaded areas, but can't have it all, I guess. 
Um, they also have Three River Snacks, which has kettle corn, popcorn, funnel cakes, and drinks. Which I, is that a Yenzer stand? Yeah, it confused me the first time I saw it, too. I'm like, it's, is this where we get the sandwiches with the fries on it? Sandwiches. Sam, sorry, sandwiches. 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 No, and apparently Pittsburgh is so not got the... got Turner's iced tea. <laughs> Pittsburgh is not the only place in the world that has three rivers. Oh, what we're known for. <laughs> we're known for the city of 144 bridges. And Sports Bowl. Yes. So that is New France. New France is cool, though. It has a lot of cool shops. Like, it's where they do the craft candles. It's very much like the Frontier Trail at Cedar Point, where they have the different stands that do the different things. Um, it is the one place, I will say, in the park that you could get miscombobulated. The park is basically one large loop. But there's a point in New France where... If you go left, you follow the loop. If you go to the right, it's kind of its own little dead end area, and it, it can. Well, the area is that where you get the free health care. No. Oh. Well, <laughs> the area that Invader, the train station, mm -hmm. and the Scrambler in is kind of a big cul-de-sac, right? And it can get kind of congested there because people don't realize well, that's where the log flume entrance is too, and that most people have a hard time finding the entrance for Lascoot because it literally is like hidden away. Like next to Invader, yeah, because they're all the the train track Invader and Lascoot are all sort of intertwined. Mm. Well, Invader's the one that's kind of like Ghost Rider, but has like the tunnel over the first drop. Right? They had to do that because it goes under the train and the steam from the train. <laughs> that's why they had to add the tunnel. <laughs> the tunnel was supposed to be at the bottom of the hill, and there is one at the bottom of the hill, but they had to also add a tunnel at the top of the hill because of the steam. Like, like a shelter, thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen POVs of it. I mean, it looks like a cool family it's coaster. All, and let me tell you, it is running amazing this year. It was some of our best rides on it were, were this year. All right. So we finished with New France, a.k.a. Canada. And we crossed the bridge over and under Alpengeist, which is our first attraction in Germany. Alpengeist is, I think, still to this day, the tallest inverted coaster mm -hmm. it's a 195 foot tall steel inverted coaster with six inversions it goes 67 miles per hour and you know the one thing about this ride location 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 it is literally in the middle of a valley that has trees all around it the theming on this coaster is incredible there's literally like skiers that are like their heads are sticking through buildings and their legs are up in the air like they fell off this mm-hmm the station is like a lodge that you would find, and it's cleverly named. Um, Alpengeist is a a ghost of the Alps, and the coaster is themed that you're on a ski lift, and this ghost takes over and gives you the one, ride of your life. Yeah, one hell of a ride. Um, it's great. It is definitely the most intense coaster at the park. Um, it is. It is intense, but it is so much fun. Um, for those of you that like things a little slower, they have the Kinder Carousel, which is an antique Herschel carousel. They have the Rhine River Cruise. So you get your steps in either way for this, because the only way to get to the Rhine River Cruise is to go down like four flights of stairs um, to get to the Rhine River, which is a nice 15-minute scenic cruise. You get some great views of from Apollo's chariot over and you know, Italy, to Loch Ness Monster, to Griffin, you see it all. 
There also is the Germany Skyride Station. From here, you would get on it, and it would take you to England. And the Land of the Dragons, which is a children's area. There are five attractions in this area. There's the Flutter Sputter, which is a dragon flying circular ride, a bug -a dug a spinning ladybug ride, the Chug-a-Tug, a, cir <laughs> <laughs> a uh, circular kitty boat ride, Brook play area, a water playground, and the treehouse and nets, which is climbing nets and a treehouse. It's a cool area. Uh, a lot of people just overlook it, but you know, if you need a break and just want to sit down and let your kids off and have some fun, this is the place to go. Especially on the chug a tug. <laughs> yes. If you need to let your kids out. <sighs> okay. So in terms of food. <laughs> They have Das Edelweiss, which has funnel cakes. The Wiekommen House, which has ice cream. It's kind of cool. Like, the German area really plays well to make you feel like you're walking through a village. You literally go through this, this curve and under different buildings, and they have Christmas shops. And um, it, definitely one of my favorite shops in the whole park is here. You could get... German steins that are actually made in Germany, German cuckoo clocks. I believe every kind of nutcracker you could possibly yep. think of. And you can also sample wine. Always a plus. Yep. So from there we cross into Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest features six attractions. Verbolten, which is an indoor and outdoor multi-launched steel roller coaster featuring a drop track. An 88-foot drop towards the Rhine River as you brave the Black Forest. It is a very cool ride. Uh, we'll talk about it later because it is our coaster of the week. But, you know, Verbolton's theming is like you're at a travel agent agency and you meet, I forget, is it Helga? What is it? Helga, Olga, something stereotypical. It's like something that, yes. very in Hans, I think, is the... Yes. It's their travel agency and she's on the TV and... She, you get to learn you that you're going to fart all over Bavaria because in German, fart means to travel. So yeah, it's, it's not it's not your typical switchback coaster line. You know, they put some effort into it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cool theming in the station and the ride. It's, again, it's half indoor, half outdoor. It's an awesome ride. Um, they also have Mock Tower, which is a 240 foot tall drop tower ride. They have Der Wurbelwind, which is a wave swinger. They have Der Autobahn, which is the bumper cars. There's two children's rides in Oktoberfest. The Roto Baron, which is the Red Baron, the kids' circular flying plane ride, and the Autobahn Junior, which is a kids' version of the bumper cars. I like that they're both in the same building, though. So, like, you have the kids' bumper cars right next to the adult bumper cars. The heart of the park is the Fest House, which is a 2,000-seat indoor air-conditioned restaurant and theater. Um, it features the October Zest Show, which is a traditional German singing and dancing show. We will not get into my feelings on what they did to the theater in this place because it used to have an awesome stage that, like, literally elevated the band up to the ceiling and the performance used to happen underneath the band and it was really awesome he's bitter 
but they wanted a bigger stage. I'm just happy that there's still German music and German dancing and stuff in it. So, um, which brings us to food. In Dust Fest House, they have some of the best food. They have chicken, pizza, bratwurst, knotwurst, sausage, corned beef sandwiches, hummus wraps, salads, turkey wraps, sauerkraut, fries, German potato salad, assorted cakes and desserts, including Black Forest cake, which is amazing. And it features indoor air-conditioned seating. And believe me, when it's 115 degrees, sometimes you just need it. <laughs> but do you really want to be indoors with all that German food? It's a very large building, and the Word. ceilings are the <laughs> ceilings are tall. It is great. It is. It is definitely. It's one of those things about this park when you go into Svest House and eat and watch a show and then leave, you forget, oh, yeah, I'm in an amusement park. Um, there's more food, though, in Germany There in Oktoberfest. There's the German pretzels and beer, which is one of my favorite places. They have fresh baked pretzels. And if you want more than just a pretzel, they have pretzel wrapped hot dogs. They have pretzel sandwiches, which, again, these are enough to share. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, last time I went with my um, sister and my nieces and nephews, and one of the pretzel sandwiches fed three of us. Yeah. And you could also get beer, of course. Um, they have der Marketplatz, which is smoked turkey legs, popcorn, churros, and drinks. And there's also the Snack Hut, which has all beef hot dogs, turkey legs, pretzels, churros, beer, and drinks. A hidden secret inside Dustfest House is a bar slash lounge called the Brewhouse Craft Beer Room. It's an air-conditioned bar inside Dustfest House, and it features 30 rotating craft beers on tap. For food options, they have chips, pretzels, spinach artichoke dip, meat and cheese boards, German meatballs, and Reuben sandwiches. Again, it's hidden. Most people do not know it is there. Um, it's a great place to escape if you need and escape. And if you hit the park on a right day, especially an anniversary for the brewery, they'll give you cheap beer there too. I believe on one trip we ended up getting 50 cent drafts. Yeah, 50 cent drafts of I think. Ooh. Yeah. Sign me up. Yep. <laughs> Here's my five. <laughs> so from here, we cross the bridge over the Rhine with the, you know, you almost have to every trip take a picture of Loch Ness Monster from this bridge or a picture of Verbolton going down the drop. Well, because the, Loch Ness reflects off the water so it's, nicely. If you've, I bet you any money if you've seen, if you go to Google and type Bush Gardens Williamsburg in the first picture you see, it's going to be taken from this bridge. Like, it's just one of those things. Um, it crosses us into Italy. San Marco, Italy. There are six attractions in Italy. There's Escape from Pompeii, which is a boat ride through the ruins of Pompeii. It features pretty incredible special effects, including fire. Yeah, a lot of fire. Like, place, basically, the whole place is on fire. Um, and you can't wait for the ride to end because you go down that 50-foot splashdown drop. And <laughs> if you weren't hot before you got on the ride, yeah, it's a cool ride. There's Da Vinci's Cradle, which is a flying carpet ride. The Battering Ram, which is a swinging boat ride. The Flying Machine, which is a spinning orbiter ride, kind of like a smaller version of the Troika. For kids, they have the Little Balloons, which is a mini balloon race. 
spinning ride for children, and the little gliders, which is a circular glider ride for children. In terms of entertainment, they have El Teatro de San Marco, which is an outdoor covered theater that usually has live music or other entertainment during special events. It's also the seating for the, the food, the Marco Polo's Marketplace. And one of the tips for that theater, if you're going during Christmas Town, they have outdoor heaters built in yep. to the theater. So if you want toasty outdoor seating, that's where I suggest you go. Yep. They have a little bit of everything. It used to be before it was Marco Polo's Marketplace. It was basically just your standard Italian food. Um, they changed it a couple years ago, put Marco Polo's Marketplace in. It features Italian, Mediterranean, and Asia fare. It includes artisan pizza, chicken parmesan, cannelloni, spaghetti, panini sandwiches, Mongolian beef or chicken, lo mein, garlic rosemary lamb, orange chicken, breadsticks, caprese salad, dumplings, fried rice, spring rolls, plus desserts including make-your-own cannolis, plus the usual cakes and fruit. It does feature outdoor covered seating, as we said. Um, it get, there's something for everyone pretty much there. I am a whore for orange chicken. Like, oh. I've never actually tried. I love orange chicken myself, and yeah, I've actually never, never had it there. Because when I go there, I want my I you want get, my beef cannelloni. You, you get Panda Palace or uh, not Panda Palace? Panda um, Express. Panda Express. <laughs> Whoa! I just had unlocked the memory. I just had a regional stroke. Anyway, <laughs> Whoa. you get orange chicken from Panda Express at least once a week, and you've never tried it in the park. No, because when I go there, I want my beef cannelloni. <laughs> I love their beef. Because cannelloni. nothing screams 115 degrees at an amusement park like pasta. Well, let me tell you, I usually get it when we go for Christmas town. That's what I usually well, that's, get. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but oh. Chris had their, their flatbread artisan pizzas. Yeah, you said they were really good. Which are actually one of my recommendations when we go through those. Uh, they're great, great price, and they feed a lot of people. Yeah, I I would slut myself out for some orange chicken and some breadsticks. <laughs> like, ooh, that just sounds good. Yeah, their their food's good. I'm telling you, it's and it's genius. not it, 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 like the stuff here. It's not chained. Like Cedar Point has. Oh, there's no chain. Panda here. Express yeah. right outside Millennium Force. Like that's a chain. I think the I don't want I don't want chain. I think the only Starbucks. brand you're exactly the only brand in the park is starbucks is which is what park kinda, doesn't have starbucks anymore yeah and here's the thing they have other places that don't have starbucks mm -hmm. you know it's mm -hmm. um so there's also the um vesuvius grill which has pizza and taco cones i don't i've never explored this what a pizza cone is or a taco cone it seems interesting and they also have dip and dots so there you go. There's <laughs> and they also have different thoughts. <laughs> um, but they also have gelato. Uh, they have gelato di San Marco, um, some delicious, delicious gelato. They do have some specialty drinks here. They don't list it as a food place, but there's a stand where you can get limoncello. And there's, you know, throughout the park, we haven't really mentioned it, but there are stands like there's, you could do a wine tasting flight around the park and you could do it in multiple countries. So you, do a wine tasting, I think, in three or four different areas. Um, so there's there's lots to do. It takes us to Festa Italia. 
the least themed area of the park. <laughs> Again, some of the most popular rides are in this section of the park, but it just, it is definitely a step down from the detail theming found in the rest of the park. It, ha it feels a bit like a county fair. It basically, it was, it was Bush Gardens answer to, um, you got to realize King's Dominion is only an hour away from Bush Gardens. And the kids would all pick King's Dominion over Bush Gardens because they wanted more roller coasters. They wanted more rides where Bush Gardens is more of a family park for everybody. Um, so Bush Gardens added on this area basically just to add more rides. That's what they did. But this is where Pantheon is opening. This steel roller coaster will be the world's fastest multi-launched coaster. It's 73 miles per hour, featuring four launches, two inversions, five airtime hills, a 95-degree, 180-foot drop, and an outside banked curve. Again, I'm not a big fan so far of the lack of theming or landscaping um, for this ride, but it has not opened yet. Bush Gardens is known to add stuff at the last minute. Let's hope. 90, I didn't realize that top hat was that high. Yeah. yeah. 95 degrees is... Mm. I mean, you're talking about 75 feet taller than Maverick. Maverick, yeah. And it's the same... Yeah. I think it's safe to say that everyone here is looking forward to at least one aspect of this yes. ride. I didn't realize that. Now I have two things to look forward to. Because that outer bank just looks insane. Yeah. And it hauls ass over that outer bank, too. It does. But it does have a float, a floater inversion you might not be a fan of. Like, I was watching it test. When it goes through that second inversion, it does, like, hang there. So. But that's not the only coaster in Festitalia. They have Apollo's Chariot, which is the first B&M hypercoaster, featuring a 210-foot drop, a tunnel, Eight airtime hills and speeds of 73 miles per hour. Always a good time. A great night ride. I highly recommend riding it at night in the summer or at Halloween time when you can't see your hand in front of you. That's one of your favorites. Oh, yeah. It ranks up there pretty high with me, too. Yep. I took, will. It took me a ride or two to get used to the restraint system. Yeah. Clamshell, clamshells are weird. It's a tree yeah. table. Where's my cup holder? Uh, it's, it's weird. It's yeah. a massive cod piece that holds you in place. It doesn't feel like it should. Yes, you don't feel... <laughs> it took me at least two to three rides before I felt okay putting my arms up. Because I'm like, this mm -hmm. doesn't feel like it should be. And it's the only restraint. There's no seatbelt yeah. in Busch Gardens. Busch Gardens actually doesn't have seatbelts on any of their coasters. Yeah. that's the, the first ride I rode with clamshells was Nitro. Oh, yeah. I grade no, I blacked out on nitro. Nitro's great. I like a polished chair better that, but I will say though, on our last trip, I don't know if it was just because the trains weren't like filled to capacity, but they trimmed us pretty heavily towards the end of the ride. I was kind of I don't know if it's just because of all the empty seats we weren't going as fast or whatnot, but like the last drop on Apollo is usually an amazing airtime hill and I didn't even think we were gonna make it over the hill. So hopefully that was just a one-time thing. It's never been like this before. Um, the ride did just get an awesome um, repaint. And they're starting to repaint um, Griffin. Just, just putting it out there. Anywho, <laughs> the third coaster in Festa Italia is Tempesto. 
join the Italian Daredevil Tempesto on this forward and backwards launched coaster featuring three launches plus an inversion 154 feet in the air and speeds of 63 miles per hour. Not a fan of Skyrocket 2s, have to say. Yeah. It's not a bad ride. I've ridden it before. I don't go out of my way to ride it. Then again, at this point, y'all should know, I don't like the backwards. So it's a cool ride for non-enthusiasts. Yes. It is. And it, it is surprisingly intense, though. It, it is, but, like, I rode Tigris down to Tampa. and Same like, exact ride. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah. It fills a gap in the lineup. But and, and that's the it thing. It, it, it's, they're, they're building rides for everyone. They, mm-hmm. you know, parks don't build rides straight for enthusiasts. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely, this was, again, an answer to King's Dominion opening another roller coaster. Like, it was... It's what happens. That's a stock ride. I'm, I'm just not and, a huge fan. But it's a well, it, it's a well themed stock ride. It is ride. well themed, it but it also is very low capacity. Mm-hmm. And Bush Gardens is known for its capacity, so this was like a what, you know, mm-hmm. situation. Do they still give you the fanny pack? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you say have, what for your loose articles, you wear. They, a fanny they pack. will issue you a Tempesto. Fan. It's bright orange. Says Tempesto, and you get a little fanny pack, and you get to put your crap in it. Do you get to keep it? No, no, you have to give it back. You return it at the end. The ride's currently not open. Can you keep it? No. You can probably try. They, no, they will. It's neon orange for a reason. I accidentally walked too far with it, and the guy stopped me. Like I had no intention of keeping it. <laughs> huh. He's so. like, but now Tim wants to try. So I'll distract him. Run, like, Tim. They didn't do that on Tigers at all. Like, it's just, you get in, you sit down, and you go. Yeah, no. The tiger roars, and off you go. So there's also Roman Rapids, a whitewater rafting ride through waterfalls and rapids. You will get wet. Is it really called the Roman Rapids? Yes. Because when Eric and Lisa did it on America's Greatest Roller Coaster Thrills in 3D on VHS, Mm -hmm. I so thought it was Roaring Rapids. No, Roman. Gotcha. Roman Rapids. That explains the columns. Yep. And now you know. <laughs> um, they also have the Trade Wind, a Music Express Himalaya ride. With a cool new lighting system, they um, replaced just the popcorn lights that most Music Expresses have. And they're like neon LED tubes that change between white and red. It's really cool. Um, Turkish Delight, which is the teacups. And a hidden Bush Gardens railway station, Festa Station. Um, it literally, if you don't know what's there, you would miss this, this station. If you could even call it. Well, the one in, in, um, in Scotland, Scotland is a little hidden as well. If you don't realize it's there, but it at least has a roof over it. Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> the Festa station doesn't even have a roof. The Festa station is more like a trolley stop. Yeah. So, um, there's also elephant run which is a mini bobsled circular ride for families. It's like the mini the mini Music Express. So is that like a little barren curve? No, it literally is like just a circular little hills. It, think of um, it... Is it like the Himalaya or whatever it is at Cedar Point over by the Corkscrew? No, that's what, um, that's what Tradewind is. This is more like a smaller kiddie version of the Cosmotron. 
at Knobles. Okay. Just Music uh, Express Kennywood. Similar. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So there's two food places. Um, they have La Cucina, which is burgers, pizza, subs, salads, fries, fried pickles, hummus, and assorted desserts. And the Roman Freeze, which is where you find the pineapple Dole Whip in the park. They have Dole Whip, ice cream, and smoothies. So we finish our round trip at Bush Gardens to the Sesame Street Forest of Fun. Um, this obviously is an area that's themed to Sesame Street. One would hope or it's false advertising. The thing that is cool, though, is all the rides in this section of the park are basically like kiddie version of adult rides in other areas of the park. They have Grover's Alpine Express, which is loosely themed on Alpengeist, and it's a steel track family coaster. There's Prince Elmo's Spire, which is a family shot and drop tower. There's Oscar's Whirly Worms, which is a family rock and tug ride and there's Bert and Ernie's lock adventures which is like a kitty like log flume um but there's no hill but it literally goes around and um it's themed to Loch Ness Monster like the station's a castle and it's cool so those are the family rides that everyone can ride together they have two children's rides which aren't really rides there's Elmo's Castle which is a children's water play area and Oscar's Yucky Forest, which is a children's playground oh, area. Aiden would love us. In terms of entertainment, they have Elmo's Castle, which features the Sunny Day Celebration Show, where you can sing along with the Sesame Street gang. And that leads us right back to Banbury Cross, England. That's kind of the cool thing about Bush Gardens. It is one loop. They designed it that way specifically. Um, when the park opens normally the whole park doesn't open all at once they actually open the areas on a time basis like england will open 15 to 30 minutes before park scheduled opening time scotland will open 15 minutes before park opening time then like at park opening time they'll open italy and ireland and then an hour later or half an hour later, based on how busy they think the day's going to be, they'll open the next. So Oktoberfest always opens last because of that. But it's smart, if you think about it, because then you're staffing, you just have them come in later because people aren't going to get to that section of the park till later. Um, right now, everything opens all at the same time just because of the situation we're in. Um, the cool thing about Bush Gardens is there's – always something to do that's different. They have special events throughout the year. There's a Mardi Gras event in February, St. Patrick's Day celebration in March, the Food and Wine Festival in April and May, Beer Fest in August, a Hallow Scream, which is their Halloween event in September and October, and Christmastown, which is in November and December. So let's talk about what our favorites are. So first up is favorite five attractions at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Well, I got a lot to say about this. <laughs> then maybe I'll take this part. Um, <laughs> I'm an old school coaster fan. My top ride there is Loch Ness Monster. It's not the world's fastest coaster. It's not the world's tallest. But there's something unique. And if you can say this about a coaster, 
charming. It's yeah. not an experience you can have on any other coaster. It has the classic feel of an arrow going up that lift oh, hill. Oh, that sound of the lift hill. Yeah. And, that's the, ding, 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 and the ding, juddering. Ding, like it's yeah, like, and the pacing, it kind of yeah. gets to the... <laughs> it, it, it's a dying breed. And among the dying breeds, it's utterly unique. Because, yes, there are other corkscrews and other... Oh, but that first drop... Mine cars that Arrow's done, there's only one Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. Um, my second is Verbolton. I do miss what it replaced, but Verbolden is a worthy replacement, and it's um, hill run down to the Rhine River is amazing and almost a dead duplicate to the same. It follows the same footers. It uses the same footers that, that you would have experienced on the Big Bad Wolf. That's a ride that's close to my heart. My third is Apollo's Chariot. Just pure, enjoyable airtime. Once you get used to the restraint system, which takes a bit to get used to, that's a ride that I have my arms up from beginning to end. And then, because I'm also the train guy, love the railroad. Not only is it a great transportation system, you get great views of the park, and the same can be said for the Aeronaut Skyride. It's not as convenient because you have to get off at every station, but if you want good aero views of the park and a nice leisurely ride i recommend both of those yeah if you don't want to deal with the ireland hill but still want to go to france just oh yeah <laughs> take the sky and, ride in a lot of ways the sky ride can be considered a shortcut more than the train is mm -hmm. for me uh, my favorite is apollo's chariot my second is alpengeist my third is for bolton my fourth is griffin and my fifth is escape from pompeii and it's just because you know, there are certain rides that set Bush Gardens apart from other amusement parks, and Escape from Pompeii is kind of one of those, you know, it's very similar to the Pittsburgh Plunge or the Snake River Falls kind of ride, but when you add the themed environment to it and the storyline, it just sets it apart. Now, Tim, I know you haven't been there yet. Uh, based on this virtual tour and videos you've watched what are some of the things that you are looking forward to mostly food right no no he's the ride guy yeah 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 what mostly is... food because i am the ride guy but i mean every time we bring up the food you seemed really intrigued by well, there, there are there are certain things <laughs> that just call to me like a donut hamburger <laughs> or a donut grilled cheese like yeah who was the stoner that thought of that <laughs> shit? <laughs> All right. So, or so for me, top five, because I am going to go come hell or high water this year. Um, Pantheon. Pantheon, because it is a loosely based cousin of Velocicoaster. And, you know, so just want to see what that's like. Alpengeist, because I, my favorite type of coaster is a B&M invert. And it is pretty much the juggernaut of B&M inverts. And it is amazing. Yes. As I have seen. Um, third, Apollo's Chariot. Well, because I am a B&M fanboy. Mm -hmm. um, can't go wrong with it. Number four, I would say, would be Verbolton. And number five, I would say... Probably the ride back to the hotel to go to sleep. <laughs> hey, at least he's honest, folks. Yep. I am not. Uh, Griffin is not on my radar. 
so good though. It's not on my radar. It's better than Valrhaven. But the thing is, is I will ride it, but I'm not looking like if it wasn't there, I wouldn't miss it. You didn't it. list Loch Ness? No. For the cred? For the well, oh, oh, well, for the cred. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But if you're asking me what I'm looking forward to, it, it's you, you know what? I, I wouldn't necessarily be looking for I would be looking forward to the photographic shots of it because it is iconic and the yes. fact that you can walk right underneath those loops on that little walkway on yes. the river like so that that is but as far as an arrow i know what an arrow feels like and being 38 not 40 like but 38 not yet um but sooner than later i know what an arrow would do to me <laughs> And now, valid point. <laughs> the arrow hey, shuffle. But 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 if you <laughs> every single vertical loop on an arrow, you pull out of that loop and it's boom, 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 the arrow shuffle. Normally, when I pull out, I do that anyway. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a drink. <laughs> so entertainment. Um, well, I know what my favorite entertainment is. Well, Chris and I know it's the same, and that's Celtic Fire. I mean, again, there's it is extremely unique for an amusement park to have an Irish dancing show and it's done so well and it's so enjoyable and it's, but I, I will caution you by saying it's not like Michael Flatley, Lord of the dance, like nonstop monotonous, just people in line doing schmucky stuff. Mm -hmm. Like this is, it is not like that. That's what I hear. But it's but, not. But I will say this. I think you and Kelly would actually enjoy it. No, we wouldn't. Cause it, it don't think Lord of the Dance, Michael mm -hmm. Flatley. It's more than that. There's a plot line. There's a story. There's good live music. Is it dark? Yes. Kelly and, will like it because she can nap. And it's air conditioned, so. Yeah, she'll like it because we can nap. Okay, so it has selling points for you. <laughs> you does. might you might be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'm like, we're yeah. we're just. I mean, again, you oh, like believe that. me, there's a lot of shows that I would not set foot in in this park because to me, that's I could be writing things. But this is one. It's that's it's, like my first time at Bush Gardens. I'm not concerned with shows just because I am, quote unquote, the right guy. I want to ride everything. And the thing is, there's plenty of time. That's the thing. And about if there's Bush time Gardens, after, there's yeah. plenty of time for everything. Well, that's I mean, when we go to Tampa, we ride everything before two o'clock mm -hmm. pretty much. And that's a huge park. So, favorite food location? I'm doubling down on spuds. <laughs> you know, seriously, I like the O'Taters location for the myriad of toppings that you can put on tater tots and baked potatoes for the same reason I like the Les Frites location in France because they're good park fries with all sorts of interesting toppings. Like, who would think... You can get it topped with poutine, which is cheese curds and gravy. Mm. And you wouldn't think that'd be great. It's amazing. And that's the thing I will say. I think they have, of, you know, a lot of parks have their famous fresh cut fries. Bush Gardens has the best fresh cut fries. They, they do them right. 
hands down. For me, it's hard. It really is hard. I thought Das Festhaus, just because I love German food, it's a nice, relaxed you know, point in the day. You can get an air conditioning and enjoy a show and eat good food and drink beer. The flatbread options. There are many flavors to choose from. Uh, I believe the one I get a lot is their artichoke and spinach flatbread, which is delicious and for the size, for the price, can't beat it. Um, for me, definitely the smokehouse fries in France. There's something <laughs> about fresh cut fries with amazing pulled pork and then the cheese and then the coleslaw. It's amazing. Um, what about favorite snack or drink item? I find myself back at Marco Polo's Marketplace for their make-your-own-cannoli option. Um, the amount of options and creativity you can do with it, and for the price, you know, it's one snack that three people can snack on. And if we're going to talk about food and wine festival options, my two favorite things there are uh, the Caprina drink that's in the Brazilian booth is one of my favorites. It's an always do. And my other favorite for food and wine is the Guinness Moose. Oh, the Guinness in Moose. In Ireland. That stuff's yummy. They make the chocolate mousse with the Guinness in it, and the whipped cream has whiskey in it. It is delicious. The first year I went, I made the mistake of letting other people try it, and it disappeared on me. So in every year since, I buy everybody their own mousse so I can enjoy my own. Yes, everything else with the food and wine, we share, not the mousse. Everyone needs their own, yes. their own Guinness mousse. For me... There's something about the, you know, the handmade pretzels from the German pretzel shop. They're always amazing. Um, if we were going to talk about food and wine, I really love, they used to have it, the Hawaii booth, there was a spam slider that was to die for. This year it's a little different, but that's my favorite. They had there. good hibiscus lemonade there Yep, as well. they still have that as well. So, like I said, um... Joe and I went to Bush Gardens last Friday. Uh, it was the first. We didn't go to the park at all last year, which was like the first time in my life. So it was it was, it was wonderful to be back at the park. Um, I will say they are short-staffed, like most places are right now. Like So there was no tram service. Only 13 rides and attractions were open. None of the regular food stands were open in the park except for October or except for Des Fest House and the Pretzel Place. Um, and they had one or two little snack places open, but in terms of like real food. And there were a lot of guests in the park complaining about that. However, they did have some amazing food and wine stands located around the park. And that's pretty much what we did. We went from stand to stand and enjoyed a sample of food and drink from each. The full report is on our website and our Twitter. We literally kept the blog going with things. Um, I will say, you know, this is not a time I would recommend going to the park if it's your first time going, because again, not everything is open. And the things that are open have long lines. I think that Bush Gardens is handling COVID extremely well in terms of its operations. Um, you know, masks are required, um, but they have several relaxation areas. You can take them off when you eat. Um, 
the queue lines are spaced out. But the thing I like is they're loading every row on the coasters. They're not pairing up groups, but they're still loading every row. Um, on rides like the train, they were loading every other row. Um, again, I think they did a really good job with it. I really hope they get more staff soon because I know they want to open more, especially food stands and, um, and more rides, but you know, they need staff. So Griffin, they were loading 30 people on a train. The, the, uh, the, and the thing that impressed me is even the automated systems had new spiels for COVID and they would say, please leave one seat empty between you and your group. Mm -hmm. So they were probably loading 25, 26 people. Cause like Val Raven, they're, they're loading the wings yeah, and that's it. And they're yeah. leaving like the middle four yeah. seats open. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's one seat between. Please Cedar point. Listen to them. Yeah. They're doing it. They're doing it really well. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing. I mean, yeah, some of the rides had 90 minute waits. But when you only have 13 attractions open, and, where are you going to put all this? And the park at? was operating at, yeah. you know, I think 25% capacity. <clears throat> so, I mean, again, that's if you went to Bush Gardens on a day where they were filled to capacity at regular time, your wait would be an hour for some of these rides. You know, mm -hmm. so it's it's not much different. I mean, they were still running two trains on all the coasters. and But what were they doing with cleaning? Were they doing cleaning protocols Every, or anything? Yes. And it was, I had a nice chat with the guy working the train during the rainstorm part of the day when we were stuck at the Caribou train station at the end of the night waiting to get on the train. And um, we had a long chat about the train does full cleanings every three hours. Mm -hmm. But he said that's because we're a low touch point. You know, other rides like Finnegan's Flyer, it's every hour. Um, the roller coasters every hour. So they've relaxed them. Yes. Things are getting relaxed and yeah. Yep, it's relaxed, but it's still done. And the thing that I do like about it is the people at this park, the guests are so respectful of other people. I don't know if it's just the area, but it's always been this way at this park. Um, there was this one woman. Um, I'm not going to lie. She was a larger woman and she like sat down on a bench and you could just tell that she was having like a hard time breathing mm -hmm. and a complete stranger said, ma'am, can I get you a glass of water? Can I get like not staff member? Literally it was just another guest that noticed, Yeah, you know, you know, and it, it's just nice to see that kind of thing. Um, you know, at the park, but I will say this, they got new uniforms. Um, it used to be every country kind of had their own color. It was the same uniform, but it was different colors. Well, now the park all has one, the same uniform, and it's a dark navy blue shirt. But the whole one side of it is all the flags of the different countries that are at the park. And, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of their old costumes that they used to have. Every country, every ride had, like, a different thing, and it was awesome. But if you got to save money and make everyone wear the same thing, I love what they did. It's an awesome an awesome uniform. Everybody wears the same polo. Yeah, and it's it's a nice. It looks like a very comfortable, like breathable polo shirt. So I'm sure when it's 115 degrees in the summer, that they'll appreciate it. But no, it was it was a great time. 
I again, I cannot stress that they were so short staffed. Mm -hmm. So short. -staffed. But also, is the beginning of the season. Well, not really for them. I mean, I know that they've been open, but it's it's really the start of the ramp up. Yeah. You know, so I mean, always. I mean, even when Chris and I go to Cedar Point, I mean, in early May, it's like. It's, it's the learning. most of the stuff is closed food wise and all that anyway it's still the learning curve part of yeah. the season yeah yeah and we still are in a let's kind of wing it because we don't really know what to do yeah. and sh stuff is changing all the time and all that so yeah right. so again like brand said <clears throat> his entire trip was reported on twitter so if you don't follow us there please do and then we took the entire sequence of tweets in chronological order and posted that on the website. Mm -hmm. Yes. And thank you, Brian, for doing that. That was fun. That mm -hmm. was like the first time. It was it was the first time going to a park since we've been doing this. So it definitely brought a new element to it. A lot more pictures. Yeah. A lot, and I knew what to take pictures of. Because, <laughs> you know, that was the thing. You realize. I mean, I've gone to the Bush Garden so many times. I don't take pictures because I'm there all the time. So it was like, oh, I don't have that shot. Mm -hmm. I should get that shot. And but again, it was it was still so enjoyable. It was just great to be back. Cool, cool. Well, two weeks. We're gonna be headed to uh, Hershey. Hershey. So, oh, I hope. <laughs> so, thanks, Brian, for your trip report on your recent trip to Bush Gardens for the food and wine. Uh, so now let's move on to our. Coaster of the week, which is Verbolton. Yes. So Verbolton is big shocker at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. It opened in 2012. Really? Yeah. That old. Yeah. I thought it was like five or six years old. No, it's just how fast time's gone by. Ten world. Oh, time doesn't <laughs> matter anymore. It's simply an illusion of our existence. So but do it, continue. It is a steel indoor outdoor multi-launched coaster by Zaire. Although Joe told me that I said it wrong. And that I pronounce it wrong, and apparently it's pronounced a different way in German, like like something completely different. But so thought it was a Mac. Yeah. So thought it was a yeah. Mac. Huh. It's Sayer. Um, same know. people that did the impulse. Yep. It is 95 feet tall. It has an 88 foot drop. Max speed of 53 miles per hour. 2,835 feet of track. It features some lighting effects. Two launch sections, a drop track with three different drop themes. Sometimes you get a storm. Sometimes you get, there's different things that makes every ride different. It is three minutes and 25 seconds long. It is a long ride. Mm -hmm. It is five trains with eight cars per train, two riders per car for 16 riders per train. But normally on busy days at this point, they load two trains at one time, like Maverick, and then send both trains out. Um, when I was there, they were just doing one because of staffing issues. But anywho, they normally launch two trains at a time. The restraint is an individual ratcheting lap bar. The thing I love about the trains on this ride, though, is there's no step. They are so easy you to get You literally just walk into the car, pull the bar down, and you're good to go. Velocicoaster is apparently like that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Did well, you so see the videos of inside inside the queue? Yeah. And it's on station. Oh, yes. Lord. It looks good. But we're talking about Verbolton. <laughs> yeah, I know we're talking about Verbolton. Um, I love Verbolton. I think Verbolton is a perfect ride. I always kind of consider it the mini Expedition Everest 
because it kind of has that same vibe to it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in the queue line, you're going through the travel agency, you talk, you know, you have the video, then you go through another area that's like the surveillance of the black forest. And it's like Audrey twos growing all over the place in the room and there's surveillance cameras, Mm -hmm. you know, of the forest. And then you get in the station and it's like a garage, you know, and then when you leave, yeah, it, it has that theming element to it. It has the drops almost the same drop that um, Expedition Everest is. You know, it just doesn't have the backwards section. Instead of the backwards section, it has the drop track. And then the drop is also the homage to Big Bad Wolf. Well, the drop down. The, the second drop. Yeah. yeah. Well, it actually uses the same footers mm-hmm. and its exact same track path as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, they, it was a great replacement. It will never be Big Bad Wolf, but it it at least kept up with the theming and the experience. And it's still a very, very popular ride. So, that's our coaster of the week. So, with every episode, we always like to bring in a little bit of nostalgia. Well, we have a coaster term of the week first. Huh? We have the whole drop track. Well, that's simple. It's, it's a not piece of underlined, track. and it doesn't have a colon. Sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. There it is. You're slacking on your for a minute. Oh, I saw me. Well, he's really slacking on his formatting because it says ad-lib. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't finish this section, what? but I know enough that I can talk about it. What the fuck this. is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, Welcome to right. Brian's TED Talk about drop track. <laughs> so with... Um, A lot of our episodes, we always like to throw in a coaster term of the week. So this week, we're going to talk about drop tracks and what drop tracks really are. So basically, and there's, I think, three coasters. Three three or four coasters have a drop track. There's 13. Mm -hmm. There's Verbolden, um, Hagrid. There may be one more I can't think of. Is there one at Thorpe? There might be. I that's, like a, that's like a UK thing for some So reason. basically what happens is your train goes onto a break area and there's usually a theming element and then the entire track piece basically free falls with you on it. So you free fall down. In some cases it's, I think on 13, it was actually 13 feet, um, but 18 feet. I can't remember what the drop is on Hagger, but it's less than 20. It's not a big drop, but it feels like it because you you just aren't expecting anything. And then you're launched out of there and you're on your way like a regular coaster. It's just a... Like a fast elevator. If you, if you think about it, like some of the coasters like the Wild Mouse and like Cobra's, or, um, Cobra's Curse has the elevator lift. Mm-hmm. It's just in reverse. It's just yeah, a free, it fall, down. free yeah. fall section of that. Right. But nope, that's mm-hmm. a drop track. It's the new thing. It's the new uh, the new fad. It is very popular. Plus, it's a block section, so you can add another train. <laughs> yep. So if you add a drop track, you can add. And in Verbolden, there's a break, a block break before it. So, so there's another train. Yeah. You, that's why you can add five trains. Yeah. Um, all right. So with every episode, we always like to kind of close it out with some nostalgia. Um, so this week, we're going to be remembering the original. Era suspended coaster, the Big Bad Wolf at Busch Gardens Williamsburg. Well, the first successful one. Yes. Because there was the bat. Oh. 
It was in the first. Yeah, it there was wasn't that. exactly. And that's what they always the best. they always talk about. Big Bad Wolf is always listed as the first successful. That is the word quote unquote they use. <laughs> well, that was still in existence. They just had to redo and rename. Well, they didn't rename. I mean, the bat was torn down Probably. after three years. Yeah, it only they, had like. Did it literally rattle itself apart? It the bat. They never the arrow didn't realize that they had to bank the curves. Well, they figured there'd be enough movement in the in the springs of the cars themselves. It didn't it, have no. the springs that <laughs> didn't have those. Oh, okay. Those cushion springs that cause you not to sway as much. Okay. So yeah, the bat the bat was a problem, and they tried to fix it, and it still didn't fix it, and there were stress cracks everywhere. So that's why the bat was torn down. That did not happen with the big bad wolf, though. <laughs> And all I think of with the Big Bad Wolf is again America's greatest roller coaster thrills in 3D with Eric and Lisa, and the interview with Ron Toomer, and uh, yeah, the the POV of it. And oh yeah, I would have loved to have written this. And I'm not a fan. Like I don't like the Iron Dragon. I'm not like I'm not a fan of those but, type but of it rides. Was, but it was this. It was I yeah. really wish I would have been able to ride. And there was something about it. There was, I I remember the announcement. I remember, and as you travel at the speed of fright, was the spiel. Like when you left, every time you left the station, mm -hmm. and you heard the wolf sounds, and you went up the hill, and you went down the first section of I was literally through a German village. And it was done to such a scale that in the placement of the buildings, Made you feel like you were going so much faster, faster and so much almost almost out of control that for a simple suspended ride like that, it felt amazing. Mm -hmm. And it there were you went through that archway and just mm -hmm. it was and even the way the buildings were lit up and it was themed, you were the wolf. You know, like the pre-show videos and stuff in the queue line, it was all these legends of the wolves, Bavaria. And and then that whole second part, you thought the ride was over, and then you went up this huge hill and then plunged towards the Rhine River. And that's the part everyone talks about because... Because unless you had ridden it before, you really didn't know that that was going unless, to happen. It depends on which direction you were going around yeah, the loop. Yeah. Because if you were going counterclockwise... You didn't cross the bridge where you saw, you know, the coaster dive down towards the Rhine River below. You know, it's... And for an interesting opinion on the Big Bad Wolf, if you watch, if you go to our YouTube channel and you watch Getting to Know Chris... Yes, I have he's, a story. He has a story about the Big Bad Wolf that he shared with his aunt. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Opera singer. And I, I yeah, I could, yeah. Cherished family memory. I won't rehash it here. Please go see the video. But it that coaster has a special place in my heart because of that memory. It's just, I just remember riding it like with my mom the first time. It, there was just something about it. Um, you know, I understand why the park made the decision. You know, certain coasters get to a certain age where you're either going to have to put a lot of work into them. Like they did with the Incredible Hulk at Universal you know, or replace it. And they chose to replace it. And in hindsight, that was probably a great decision given that Arrow then went on, you know, like so much happened, you know, so 
Yeah. And I just feel bad because the arrows I just feel are but a they, dying breed. The thing is that a lot of people will say they think the Loctus monster is going to be around forever. I, I definitely think it's going to be one of the last ones standing. Mm-hmm. And, and just because it's so it takes a small iconic. Footprint. It also, Loch Ness takes up a very small footprint in the park. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. But, you know, Big Better Wolf, I, I love the fact that Verbolton tributes to it all the time. In one of the drop sequences, there's wolves, and you hear the wolf sound, and it, it's just, it's an awesome tribute. And I love the fact that they used the same footers, expanded the footers, mind you, but they still used the same footers and the same layout, but. It's one of those coasters, you know, and if you think about it, I think if you asked any coaster enthusiast, you know, a defunct coaster, Big Bad Wolf is probably the first one that pops into their mind. You know. And Dragonfire. Ironically, also (laughs) from the same part. (laughs) But Dragonfire... Dragonfire is on a lot of people's I wish I would have done Mm -hmm. lists. But as someone who wrote it, I'm 50-50 on it. It was a great ride, but it was another one of those you had to be prepared for it. And here's the thing, and I'm sure a lot of you know this and a lot of you don't. Bush Gardens didn't want to spend the money on a B&M. And they had Kumba open at Bush Gardens Tampa, and they basically said to Arrow, can you replicate this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Arrow said, <laughs> no. And Arrow attempted and if you look at the layout it is well it is kumba almost identical minus the first drop instead of doing the loop over the thing it has that corkscrew up in the air it then goes through the but literally it's very similar now you're gonna go watch the pva but no because i'm I'm watching it right now yeah it's like in my head very similar Welcome to this week in coaster history. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was a complete failure. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I loved the trains, though. They were the coolest era mm-hmm. trains because mm-hmm. they were more oh, yeah. open. They weren't that, like, no triangle front no. wedge like, on wheels. Yeah. It was very different. They were very open on the sides. You know, at the mm-hmm. time, that was unheard of. Now, if you think of rides like Millennium Force, where there's like no side at all, and yeah, it's there. It, yeah, like I kind of see Maverick trains kind of paying a homage to that. Little kind of like very similar, very similar. Mm-hmm. different but similar. But they're similar, yeah. With those classic era over the shoulder harnesses and it makes me wonder if they would have had the vests that they're putting on vacomas and arrows now if they would have and they're different than the b&m best mind you but if they would have done that then i think that coaster would still be here they would have needed to put work in the track they definitely would have needed to retrack it by now the other thing though a lot of people say that um dragonfire failed because of its location and it was hidden if you think about that section of the park with the mm. fest house, it was tucked behind. Yeah, it was it. down. It was literally down a path. And if you didn't know it was there, and I mean, we'll see if they do the stupid new coaster that oh, they're talking I hope about not. doing. Track inspire. 
I really hope they don't. I hope I hope that's like a, a fake out. It's literally the coaster definition of redundant for that part. I mean, here's the thing. I get Pantheon. Pantheon is taking something that they did with Tempesto, making it a larger ride, a higher capacity, you know, a better fit for the park. I could I could actually see Tempesto being the next coaster to be removed from the park. Mm-hmm. But to me, what I've seen of Dragonspire, it seems like, oh, we're just going to take this one section of Pantheon and make it a ride. Yeah. Why? But, I mean... To have a Giga. Could, that, could, that, be, could that be a Giga, though, like a true Giga? Could that overtake Fury? I mean, I know that there's been drawings and animations and stuff like that, but that that was two years ago. Yeah, thing, things definitely change. Yes, so, they filed the FAA clearance for 355. Yeah. Could they want to overtake Fury? But don't they have a height limit in They got County? the variant. No, they got they the variant. Yeah, they got the variants okay. for yeah. the 355. Cuz I I'm amazed by that cuz I was always under the impression that the, the county was like 200 feet the, like they got the variants for Mock Tower as well. Okay. That's mm-hmm. why everything in the park was always too. It's like Disney, like the two hundred feet. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was always in the impression because of the historical nature of the rest of the town, they were always under a perpetual limit because of historic Williamsburg. You know, they didn't want to see uh, tops of coasters when you're walking through Colonial. No, you're still three miles from Colonial Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. And that's at the park boundary. I mean, that's the one I thing. I mean, that's the thing. You can't see Cedar Point when you make oh, the turn unless oh, you're really looking oh, for it. You can. Oh, I, I know, but I'm, I'm saying sometimes you can when see they the make... top of Top Dragster, and that's about it. When you make, if you're turn. really you looking, look yeah, you have Maybe. to know where. I'm you're not looking. agreeing with the decisions they made in the past. I'm just saying when they make these decisions, you know, that's the justification they come up with. Hmm. All right, so you guys. But done for the day, ready to head to the car. Yeah, and not in the rain this time. That's the one thing I didn't tell you guys. <laughs> yeah. we, Joe and I went to Bush Gardens. We had a great day. But at the end of the day, we were in the very back of the park, and we were going to take the train to the front of the park, and another storm came through. And this storm was not letting up. Like, they pretty much told us the train's going to be closed for the day, and we basically were looking at radar, trying to figure out when the break's going to be, because we literally had to walk from the back of the park, through the park, to the car. And if you've been to Bush Gardens, the, the midway pavement they use is beautiful. But when it's wet, it is slick. They use the same at Tampa. That same like stone kind of concrete. So we started walking, and it was just a light drizzle at this point, and then the skies opened up about halfway there and we when we got to the car there was about an inch of water in our shoes and soaked from head to foot so yeah i've been there before mm-hmm. and i usually pack a pair like a spare of everything so we were able to like we literally changed in the car <laughs> we literally pack for any contingency including a theme park baptism changed in the car but i didn't pack an extra pair of shoes so it was a three-hour drive in slushy, schloggy. And that is almost the most miserable yeah. experience ever. Yeah. <laughs> Besides wet underwear. 
Not being gross, but that seriously. We, changed. we had that, extra, we had extra underwear. We changed those. And, that, <laughs> so. and that's but like sloshy shoes, wet shoes, and wet underwear are probably the two most miserable experiences you will ever have. Oh yeah. Always pack spares. Yes. It's the one trip I didn't pack an extra pair of shoes. Oh no, for next time. I know. Well, with that, I think we're just going to head to the car and make our way out of the parking lot and wrap it up for this week. Um, so, again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Would really love your feedback, really love your questions and um, comments and whatnot, and share your experiences, you know, on, on our website, on the Facebook and all that. Um, I'm excited for next week. What's next week? We're going back to Florida. We're doing Universal. Or no, we're not. We're doing Hershey. No, we're doing no, we're doing Universal. Universal's next. Wow. Okay. I had a stroke. I'm sorry. <laughs> Must be contagious. What the fuck? Universal's next. Is Universal? Yeah. Yeah, because we're doing. Oh my god, he did it again. Universal. He did Willy Wonka again. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. The, ne the next park we're going to is Hershey. Is Hershey. But the next the week next is Universal and then Islands of Adventure. But wait, no, 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 no. Oh, he'll pull up the spreadsheet. Oh, wait, it's 20 and 27. Okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. 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 And when you're, you're right, right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> and you? You're, you're always, always right. right. What's that from? Spaceballs. Yes. That's our theme of the day. When is this? Now. But when was then? <laughs> oh my god. Lone Star. <laughs> so where are we going next week? So again, we want to just wrap it up and thank everybody for listening. We appreciate your feedback and comments and likes and shares and all that. And definitely let us know what you think. Share your experiences at Bush Gardens um, with us on our website and on our Facebook page. Um, as always, you can find us on our website, zerogadventures.com, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash zerogadventures, and Twitter at zerogadventures. Um, so definitely give us a follow, give us a like, give us you know, some feedback, but, um, next week we are back and we are headed back to Florida to head to universal studios and universal's islands of adventure. This is going to be a great, 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 great time. Yeah. We're doing the studios next week. And then the week after we'll do islands of adventure with some butterbeer. What are we doing for studios? I don't know, but I know we're doing butterbeer for islands. We might. We'll figure out something. Yes. Flaming Mo. Maybe. We need to figure out a flaming Mo. I have the class. I'll get the diamond tap. We need dry ice. <laughs> Chris, mm. go get dry ice. Mm. That's your project. So, with that, we're going to leave. So, we will see you guys next week. Um, so, thanks for listening. Right on. Word. <laughs>